0: Hi everyone, I'm Yashvir. and welcome to our audio channel, the Bro Code. So, what's this channel about? You know, the name suggests it's about your typical bro code rules followed by guys, right? But this one's deeper than that. I guess we want to discuss how we have grown through life, and how various situations have shaped us. You know, by the means of the podcast on this channel, we hope to say something meaningful and impactful that perhaps you can use in yours. So please join us in this inspiring journey. I hope it helps you in some way. Hi everyone and welcome to another insightful episode of the Brocode. I hope you all are doing well and thank you so much for tuning in again. In studio we have Prash, as you would remember from the previous cast. So Prash, how are you?
1: I'm good and yourself.
0: I'm doing great again. Thank everyone. you for asking.
1: Hello everyone. Yeah. hasn't ah, uh, been too long. Um... Yeah,
0: it hasn't been. I mean it's maybe just over a week, I guess. Yeah. Since yeah. our last cast. Yeah. Right, so the last time we, we kind of touched on bits of the mind and how it kind of affects decisions. Um, however, there's this continuous struggle that happens in our brains and, and, and how that internal conversation influences our lives in a big way is, is kind of what we're going to discuss today. Mm. Um, so, Crush, based on that, that, that initial intro, you know, this internal conversation and, and the, big inf- the big influence it has on our decisions, what for you or what can you describe as as that internal voice or that internal conversation
1: ah for me um that internal speaking thing that everybody hears all the time that is your mind and um for me that's uh it's literally you but the inside version of yourself uh some people like to call it like a guiding spirit, and some people like to call it your yeah, like your inner consciousness or your awakened consciousness—not um, uh, after you've awoken, but you know, like your waking conscious versus your subconscious or your sleeping conscious. And for me, right, yes. it's it for me, it's just your mind uh, actively analyzing everything that you are doing. You know, every situation that you're in, every thought that you think—that that—that's what I, I personally feel as your that inner voice of yours. So you uh, yeah. see it as
0: an as an extension of of yourself, then? Yes, as well? yeah,
1: yeah, definitely, definitely. That is um, that yeah. that's how I see it. Um, I, I look. So I've also had a lot of people, like a lot of different people, say, you know what? Sometimes there's a guiding uh, uh, person that's with you, or like a, a, a inner voice and an inner being. Uh, for me, it's it's essentially an extension of yourself. That is. Uh, your uh, inner voice that that is actively relaying and looking at every situation that you're in every thought that you think um, and it's you uh it's just your brain and your mind analyzing everything and thinking about it while you're doing it you know and that that's what personally that's what i I, uh, I see it as
0: I think then that y- you mentioned um, you know as an extension of uh, of who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess then that it it 's your brain, I guess, or you trying to comprehend or um, make something physical i guess out of this whole thing, like for yeah. example yeah. if you, we, we can 't really comprehend the the metaphysical or the or the things that we can 't see, so mm. when people kind of refer to this as their internal selves or the internal spirit, their spirit animal or whatever mm. um I guess they 're trying to make um, something physical out of it so they can make sense of it. Um, Yeah. And then once we make sense of it, we kind of understand it. And once we understand it, we kind of uh, move on from there.
1: Exactly.
0: Yeah. Um, So what do you think are its effects on, like, day-to-day decisions? Like, um, how does it influence, in your opinion, um, these decisions that we're trying to make? So let's just say, I guess, um, we'll give a a simple situation after, after, you know, for example, mm. the first thing you wake up in the morning, getting mm. out of bed as mm. a simple decision. How do you think it influences um, a simple, simple situation like that? And then we can move on to a bit more advanced situation.
1: Yeah, so uh, um, uh, yeah. So, l- let's look at that situation, right? Um, I feel that that mental side of yourself really does go hand in hand with the way you, where you've been, the way you've been feeling the way you are, the situation you are in right now. Because, like, um, if you look at different people, right, waking up in the morning means different things. Some people just don't, you know, they don't like waking up early. And some people just, like, dread waking up and be like, oh, I have to do today, you know. And then some people, like, wake up in the morning. It's like, oh, today's a new day. The sun is shining, you know. And you get those different mindsets. But that inner voice is the one that's, like, uh, sort of um, – guiding that. Um and that inner voice is the one that when you wake up in the morning, the first thing you're like, oh let me check my phone. And that's what that that's what your inner voice is, is geared to. Your inner voice is geared to driving you in a specific direction. And when you ask me about um what what is affected by those things or what does it affect, for me it I've I found recently that there's a lot of discussions around why people's inner minds are always opposed to what they are doing. Um, and if you, if you see, or if you sit and think, right, about anything that you're doing, um, a lot of the time you'll find that your mind always questions why you're doing it, right? And your mind will always question, what is it that I'm doing? Or why am I doing this? And does it seem right? Or will I pass at it? Will I fail at it? Will I execute well? You know, and that, that inner mind thing is like, for me, um, it's a tool to, to use as a judging scale. But it's, it's affected, and it affects the way you operate every day all the time. And it's so important to learn how to control that tool. Um, and if you learn how to control it well enough, situations like waking up in the morning will change the way you want them to, and they will change drastically. Um, but you must learn how to listen to that tool, and also when to ignore what that tool is trying to make you do if you do not want to go in that direction, if you know what I'm saying. I, I don't know if yeah, that's no. clear, but I, I no, hope we, that, that, that makes doesn't. sense. So, okay. Does, okay. You know, so, let me see if I can explain it the way I have learned about it and understand it.
0: Go ahead.
1: Imagine your mind being a room, right, or a house, right? Now, in one of those rooms, there's a little person, and the little person is you, right? But it's it's your mind's version of you. Right, so you are your body, right, and you have your body, and you're a soul, and you have your body. But in your mind, in your brain, there's a little version of you in a room. Now that little guy, right, he is attuned to um, how your conscious is going. He's consistently attuned to how your conscious is going, consistently all the time. This guy will always question what it is you're doing. This guy will always act in a negative manner. This guy will always overthink. This guy will always overreact, and. If you learn how to not befriend that that little leprechaun running around in your head, right, but if you learn how to understand that, that guy, right, and or that girl, right, um, or that person, right, um, that can be your strongest tool, because you, as we discussed before, you're a soul, right, and this guy in your mind or this thing in your mind is consistently uh, working, but you, we un- need to understand that that's a tool, and if you use it well enough. Um, and you learn how to quieten it when you need to quieten it and uh, let it react when it needs to react, it will be one of your strongest allies. Um, and that's the way I see it, uh, personally.
0: Okay, so you touched on a, quite a few um, interesting uh, points there. So I think there's, there's one that I kind of want to expand on, it's just your mind's version of you. Yeah, sure. What your... <clears throat> what um i mean is is it is it your mind's version of you is it your version of you um and then you also mentioned that it kind of questions everything that you do mm. then and kind of in a negative way as you mentioned mm. but then isn't that mean then it's keeping you in a box isn't that right. mean is right. is it trying to is it is it on purpose uh trying to keep you in a box is it on purpose trying to keep you from doing the things that you should be doing mm. um so, so what's that mechanism there?
1: Um, okay. What do you so think? The, it, it tries the to first, be yeah. So the first question I think is um, where you asked, is it is it you or is it a version of you? For me, okay. So I look at it a certain way, but obviously other people look at it differently and stuff. But for me, I don't see it as me. I see it as a part of me that is consistently evaluating whether I'm doing the right thing or not. Now there's a positive side to that and a negative side to that. What I what I meant in the beginning was when I said I'm seeing a trend is that I'm seeing more of a trend of of people always saying, like, I can't quiet in my mind and I can't um, you know, people always have this negative outlook. And I think it's uh, it's coming stemming from the fact that they let their mind try they let their mind control what they're doing. And when we say the mind is doing stuff in an opposing manner, it's not trying to do that on purpose. You are not trying to oppose yourself. It's a protection mechanism. You are trying to evaluate every scenario to see whether you will get hurt in that scenario, whether you will be rejected, whether you will be um, emotionally or physically affected, you know? And that's what the mind does. The mind tries to protect the person. It's like a, because, you know, we have our, our, our lizard brain right which is instinctual and pred- pred- predatory and we have this this other side of our mind which which basically tries to protect us because but we've developed the side of ourselves because of all the fears that we've grown and all the all the negativity that we see around us and what do you must understand that your mind is not acting against you your mind is trying to protect you but you need to teach it that you're in a space of self-control and self-ease and you'll find that naturally your mind calms down and sees every situation for what it is and then you can move plainly like water from one from one area of your life to another um i know that's a little bit like further down the road in terms of conversation but for me it's something that controlling that little thing in your head all the time that's trying to question you is not, not the way to do it. You're not trying to shut it up. You're trying to understand what it's doing and then teach yourself that it's not doing a bad thing. You just need to, you need to teach it that um, I'm trying to get the best out of every situation and it will work with you. Um, I don't know if that answers your question. Um, Yeah, yeah, Yeah.
0: So, I mean, you know, it's, it's, like you're saying, it's trying to evaluate every single situation that we mm. are um, currently experiencing. Um, and so I think there's, there's, a, there's a key concept that, that is a trained mind and an untrained mind. Yeah. A trained mind would then understand um, in every single situation um, there is like a helping inner self. And yeah. to an untrained mind, it's every single scenario that's happening in our head at a particular time Yeah. Um, as I see it. Yeah. so then brings a brings an you know a, another question as to what in you know in you know in some cases we we see the mind or the voice you know that that takes over right mm. um and you might not be see, you you don't seem to be winning that conversation mm. um so then what what are the strategies that we can use um to try and keep things in check
1: okay um so i think uh, one thing is to learn how to speak to yourself. Um, and I think a lot of people get this mixed up. Not wrong, but mixed up. Um, you need to appreciate what you've done in your life and how far you've come, but also learn how to speak to yourself. Learn how to be kind to yourself. Because when you are kinder to yourself and you view your mistakes as mistakes, but view them as learning opportunities and growth opportunities, you automatically start finding that you're nicer to yourself. Um, And the nicer you are to yourself, the more in tune you become with that inner voice. Um, And it will then become attuned to what you want. So basically, for me, having an idea of how you want to live your life in terms of happiness, in terms of I want to wake up in the morning and be excited, i want to do this i want to do this and focusing on all the good things in your life speaking to yourself on a regular basis, basis saying and i think uh you and i discussed this uh once or twice before where you look at yourself in the mirror and you speak to yourself and you you affirm all the good things about yourself rather than looking at yourself in the mirror and saying listen look at this guy um he's losing hair and he's got to shave his head or he's got to look at his face and he sees big bags under his eyes or his nose is not right or his one ear is bigger than the other. Instead of looking at that, look at the positives within yourself, right? Look at the good things about yourself and keep bringing up those things. It's like one of those things where instead of focusing on your negatives, double down on your strengths and you'll find naturally that your strengths bring out the best part of yourself and speaking to yourself in the right way will naturally bring yourself one more confidence, to it will diminish your negatives. Yes, your negatives, as a person, you're not perfect, right? Nobody's perfect. But understand that the good things about you, right, You, if you focus on them and grow them and find other good things about yourself and focus on those things and grow them, you'll find that the negatives will be such a small part of your life and you can learn how to live with them, one, if you really see them as problems, right? Two, you can also learn how to get over them. I mean, like, Some people, if they find that they're losing hair, they just shave their head and then all of a sudden they adopt a different look, you know, and that's on the look side. Say, for example, you're a person that's very jealous, right, of other people. Learn not to be jealous of other people, but learn how to improve yourself and focus on your own things and be better at whatever you have and appreciative, appreciative, appreciative of what you have over worrying about what other people have. Because remember, a lot of, what we find as negative about ourselves is coming from the fact that we're comparing ourselves to somebody else. Right. And for me, that's not what we should be doing. We should be focusing on our strengths and the things that we like about ourselves and growing those things and affirming those things on a regular basis. And you automatically find that your mind becomes more attuned to that. And it starts focusing on those things as well. And you'll find that I find personally that that's the best way to um, sort of get away from it always being negative and pessimistic and against me all the time. Um, and I find it very calming. And as I think we said before, the calmer you are, I think the better you are in every scenario. That's
0: very true. Hmm. Um, so you, you, you mentioned, I think one of the, the most important things there is, is focus and focusing on the correct things hmm. that obviously move you forward, uh, you know, in any particular direction. It's also um, you also mentioned affirmations, I guess, in the front mm. in the front of the mirror in the mornings, um, would to get your mind, I guess, out of any particular rut, um, and yeah. once again, get it focused. Mm. Um, you know it's 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 all about what you think of is is kind of where your mind gets directed in the first place. yeah, yeah, um, like you're saying, if you focus on the negative, obviously you're going to get negatives. You focus on, for example, like you mentioned, jealousy. You're only going to get jealous, mm-hmm. jealousy thoughts or jealous you know, mm-hmm. actions coming out of it.
1: Yeah, And then um, you start seeing all the stuff that you wanted instead of all the things that you have. Yes, you know? correct. Mm-hmm. Definitely, so. Mm-hmm. Definitely so.
0: So I think one of the, you know, one of the things that I, that I, I kind of used uh, in the past, I think it's, it's, it's a concept by Mel Robbins and her five seconds to make a decision okay. uh, rule. Where, where I kind of give myself where she says that you know you have five seconds before your brain takes over and directs you in another direction okay so yeah so you know I've adopted that strategy of, of five seconds to make a decision and if I don't make a decision in that five seconds I know the alternative is going to happen so as I use this morning um, I use like getting up in the morning as an example for mm. you know as soon as your alarm goes off um, I, I kind of give myself five seconds to get up because if I don't, what's going to happen? I'm going to ignore the alarm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put it off, put it on yeah. snooze, mm-hmm. um, and I'm going to stay in bed longer.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, you know that's that was just a that was just a simple example, I guess that that ca- that everyone you know commonly faces. Yeah. You know, um, so that strategy has kind of worked for me um, mm-hmm. over the but past. you know what that is, right? Yes. So go ahead. You,
1: you know what that is, right? That's your gut instinct.
0: Okay.
1: You're literally yes. you're literally making decisions based on gut instinct. Yes. Um,
0: and, you know, it's, yeah. Um, yeah. and so, you know, I, I, I've used that strategy, that five second rule, mm-hmm. you know, pretty much everything. Okay. Um, yeah. So, and that's, and that's kind of one of the strategies that I used um, with regards to making decisions quickly. For example, mm-hmm. if you struggle to make a decision, um, explore that strategy, give it a go. It might not be perfect for yeah. you and it might not be for you, but... Um, for anyone out there listening, um, it's just something that you can, uh, if you struggle with making decisions, give this a try. Yeah. Um, it's by Mel Robbins, her five-second rule, and just go explore it a bit.
1: yeah, yeah You know what's so good about that, um, or, uh, or reasons I can think that works so well with that, is that if you use it well enough and you understand the purpose of it, it removes items like regret from your decision-making. It removes items like um, weighing up opportunities, but more relying on the fact that whatever's in front of me, I'm either going to accept it or reject it. And I think that's probably one way to live your life, which really does help people that are very indecisive. Um, uh,
0: or, or, or even people who are actually quite on the opposite scale, six. who are control freaks. Yeah,
1: that's yeah what, not
0: true. Like, true. who are everything about control, who are everything, everything about... Yeah. Yes, hundred percent. I mean, we we yeah. are kind of natural overthinkers, right? Yeah. Um, us being engineers and stuff, mm. um, so we kind of need to evaluate every single scenario. But yeah. uh, unfortunately, not every scenario is going to work for us. Um, and and we've got to also understand that no no decision, I guess, is is wrong, in a sense, yeah. because every decision that you make is still going to move you in any in one particular direction, mm-hmm. and there's still a learning opportunity in that direction anyway. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, once again, we don't see it as a negative. We see it as, yes, it's another decision that I made and another life's choice that I made. Mm-hmm. And that's going to move me in that particular direction. Um, okay, so you also mentioned the mind as a tool um, and that you need to direct it um, to get to where you need to go. So I think one of the things that uh, people often struggle with, I guess, as well, is using their mind as a tool. Mm. So for example, um, we touched on decision-making, right? we touched on, on how to kind of um, come by decisions. Um, but for example, let's just say um, goal setting. Okay. Um, and, or, or let's use, just use another example. Um, I want to do something, but my mind tells me that I can't. Um, So how do we go about, in that case, to use our mind as a tool to get that something?
1: Okay, so let's maybe use an example, right? Um, Understand that when we say your mind is a tool, everything in your body is a tool. The way we see it, everything is your tool, right? You're a soul, right? You have a body. Every part of that body is essentially some mechanism that you can control, Right? Your mind being one of them, your heart, your feet, your toes, your 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 eyes, your nose, your ears, right? Your brain is just as much of a tool as all those things. Yes, it controls all those things, right? But it won't do anything without all those other parts. It's one living organism, right? So let's use an example of I want to lose weight, right? And uh, my brain is telling me that I can't right? It's telling me, no, I don't want to go to the gym. I really am too lazy. No, I don't want to he- eat healthy because all those foods are like, who wants to eat broccoli and chicken every day, you know? Um, so your brain is actively going to say, these are the things that I want, right? And your, the other side of your brain is saying, these are the things that I need, right? The best way that I've found is to create habit, right? And that removes the whole aspect of you having to think about something and motivate yourself to do something and try and look at every angle of how to do something. Instead, if you if there's something that you want to do, write it down, right, and then break it down into the active steps that you would have to do. So the, these activities to do to do whatever it is you want to do. I.e., let's say I need to go to the gym. Your brain says, I don't want to go to the gym because ah, it's too cold or "Ah, it's too hot or "Ah, it's going to take too much time or "Ah, I have to drive there. Break it down into all the activities, i.e. get ready, go to my car, get in my car, drive to the gym, train, right? You can then break down your whole training session. You can break down your entire life into all the five billion steps that you need to do something within a day. You really can. You can break it down to put shoe on, put left shoe on, put right shoe on. If It really comes down to that. Most people don't have to because these are natural effects. But some people have issues with, I need to go and do all of these things. Okay, break everything down into a step or a certain set of steps if you really need me to go down to that level, right? Or even certain timeframes and say, this is how I'm going to do it. But instead of talking to yourself negatively and saying, I don't want to do this, what you should do is, for the first time, just go and do it without questioning it. Go and do it for the point of doing it rather than your brain saying, I don't want to do this. Go and do it without thinking about it. Like you say, you've got five seconds to make a decision. Just go and do it, right? You'll find that the more you do it over and over through repetition, right, and you create a habit out of it, you'll remove the whole aspect of motivation, right? When you, when you want to do something, your brain has to motivate yourself to do that activity, i.e. getting up in the morning, your brain has to motivate itself to get up. Instinctively, you should just get up and do something. And the more you do it, the more you'll find that you create a habit out of it. Once you create a habit out of something, your body will innately start doing something out of muscle memory, right? And you won't need motivation. So what I see it is is that whenever you're finding yourself or finding it difficult for yourself to do something, it's because you are actively actively demotivating yourself from doing something. But if you create a habit out of something, you actually remove motivation versus demotivation. And you create a system within your body that actively needs to do something. So if you create a training program for yourself, and you train 30 days in a row straight, right? I'm not saying go and break your body, but go do five minutes of exercise a day for 30 minutes, right? Oh, sorry, for 30 days, right? And if you do that, I'm so damn sure that on day 31, your body is going to be like, okay, at this time, yesterday for the last 30 days we trained, today we are going to need to train. Otherwise, I'm going to feel different. And you'll find naturally that your body will become attuned to this activity. And for me, to avoid your brain from stopping you or demotivating you to do something, create a habit out of that thing specifically then you'll find that the demotivation goes away. And that's how I understand it, and that's how I do things. Um, So it's it's always a thing of habit versus motivation, because essentially if you don't want to do something, it's yourself telling yourself you don't want to do it because of A, B, C, D, E reasons. But if you remove A, B, C, D, E reasons and motivation for all those reasons, and you just create a habit out of something, naturally you will gravitate towards doing that thing consistently. And I think that's the best way I found to get over that whole aspect of your brain telling you not to do something.
0: Okay. Well, I mean, uh, you know, there's there's a lot to digest there. Yeah. Um, I think uh, lists that you mentioned um, is like one of the first steps that you can do to program or train your mind to focus on any particular thing at a, at a given time. Yeah. Um, so it's like the first thing when you wake up in the morning. Um, like you mentioned, if you want to go to gym or whatever, you, you, you make sure it's written down somewhere that you can see.
1: Yeah.
0: It's, it's something that I can do. Yeah. Um, like your brain, will, your brain will process that Wait, Number one item to do is go to gym. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's going to see that every single day that you get up. And then like you say, sooner or later, like no. you, you won't even have to, it, it won't even be a question in your mind again. Yeah. You will already know it's programmed now hard coded into your mind. Yeah. The number one thing to do for that particular day is go to gym. Yeah. Um and that sort of thing, um, and then you mentioned habit because then after that it becomes habit mm. you'll stop exactly. having to think about it uh, yeah. at a particular point um, so I, I have just a, just something else to kind of expand on this
1: mm-hmm. uh,
0: on this whole idea of mind as a tool, body as a tool um, I think the questions that kind of we ask ourselves as well is is also important, for example um. Like if I ask my brain, um, like what's the what's the fastest way out of a room, you know, um, the easiest thing is jump out of the window, I guess. But sure. if I ask my if I ask my brain, how do I safely uh, exit the room? It's probably going to say you exit through the door. Um, so you know, directing your brain by specific requests is just as important as kind of um, jotting things down, writing things down, and building that. Uh, muscle memory type of things because as you mentioned your brain is a tool and in order to use it you have to um, use that tool in the correct way sure. um, by giving it specifics you're not you're narrowing um, the ex, you know the expansive uh, thoughts uh, that it wants to have mm-hmm. by only it down to, to focus on certain areas
1: mm. but it, it it as you said it's how you ask the question right yes um, and uh, phrasing the question is always important. Um, uh, I, and I agree with that fully. Uh, you should, look, it's it's not as simple because not everybody asks themselves the same question. It also comes back to what is the goal? And it, it's similar to that question that you just asked, um, how do you get yourself to get over that or get, get get your brain not getting in your way? And it's about goals, and it's about... Asking yourself why, why, why do I need to say, for example, go to the gym or leave the room? Why do I need to leave the room? Why do I want to lose weight? Why? There must be a reason why you don't want to just lose weight, or you don't want to. It's it, Why do you want to eat a pizza instead of going to the gym? Because the pizza is tasty. That's your why, right? Um, why do you want to eat sweets and chocolates and have coke and drink uh, beer and have wings and instead of eating the salad and instead of eating the chicken salad or. Eating the we, are,
0: we, are we tying then positive outcomes to the end result, to the end yes. goal? Yes, So To, it, to it, make it, us, yeah. to kind yeah. of make us exactly. go and follow through.
1: Exactly. It's, it's what are my driving factors to get into the scenario? And using that gym aspect, why do I want to lose weight? Because I want to look good. I want to feel good. I want to be healthy. I want to live longer. I want to experience things that I never have before. I want to be able to run a mile. I want to be able to skip. I want to be able to do pull-ups, you know? These are positive goals that you're working towards, right? Um, Now, how do you get there, right? And that's uh, the direction in which you need to drive towards that goal. But if your mind is stopping you, you need to tell your mind that I want to leave the room because outside of this room is the hot dog cart that I was going to get hot dogs for lunch, right? And there's two ways to get out. I can either jump out the window, in which case I'll probably die and not have a hot dog, I get out the front door and go downstairs and get it. Right. Now, if that's the case, right, you need to also one, know what the goal is, right? And actively focus on that goal. And I know we're using simple examples, but what happens when it comes to more difficult examples? Like, um, I'm studying for a degree, right? And instead of watching TV, I should be studying. Now your brain's like, ah, procrastinate, procrastinate. But if you break the goals down and you study early, the degree will be a lot easier to do, right? Um, and you can actually have more more chilling time if you study it well in advance than cramming everything at the end and hoping that you pass, right? But it's how you set your goals and the questions that you ask yourself to get to those goals. And that's where your mind will start trying to help you. If you ask the right questions to yourself or keep focusing on the target, right, your mind will naturally attune to it. It's it's a concept that is really simple, but eludes a lot of people. It's, for me, think, of, think back anywhere in your life and think about the time when it was just very easy for you to do something. Um, for example, um, if you wanted a study for a specific course, right, and you really enjoyed that course, right, and it was something that you really, really wanted at the end of the day, or maybe it was um, something that you wanted to make in like science class or something, you know? And it was really interesting for you to do that. How easy was it for you to do something that you really liked, right? And your brain never stood in your way, not once. You would actively go and do that thing. You wouldn't ask yourself 10 million questions. you just literally go and do, right? I think and in that, my, mind, yeah. my
0: mind, I, I had already, you know, looking at any one of those situations, I had already linked... Um, a pleasurable experience by doing that one thing. So my brain didn't question it. It was like, oh, just go, do it. Go ahead. You're free to reign. You're free to reign here.
1: Yeah. And your whole body would naturally run in that direction. Right? Now, why not create the pleasurable goal of everything that you want? So think about all the things that you want. Right? And this is where passions come into play. Because if you have passion and you have things that you want, right, it makes your life so much easier right? And that is how you drive yourself. You pick all the good things about what it is that you're doing, right? And you focus on those things. It's positive affirmation at the end of the day, essentially, right? It's positive affirmation of the goal and the target. And the minute you have that, your mind naturally steps out of your way, because your entire body, your heart, your soul, your mind, your your, your gut is all attuned to one direction and nothing will stop you even if it's hard even if whatever you're doing is hard because you're enjoying the process of doing it getting to that goal that you want to get to now a lot of people get their brain standing in their way because what they think of what they're doing is actually it's like i really don't give a shit about losing weight right i really don't care about losing weight right because I've been this way for so long, but why not look at the things that you will be able to do when you lose the weight that you actually want to lose, right? And then focus on those things and you'll find naturally that your brain gets out of your way, your heart and your gut actually start attuning to what it is that you want to do and naturally you will head forward in that direction. So that's another way to look at it if you really wanted to.
0: I mean, it, you, you mentioned there that, that, that very last example, it's, it's you've been doing something for such a long time you're in that comfort zone that your brain knows and it's now programmed to know. Yeah. Um, and it just doesn't want you to leave that comfort zone because the next step is... Um, difficult. Yes, it's difficult. Yeah. And it's an unknown for your brain and it's like trying to compute now how much, of, how much harder... Effort. Is this situation, yes. How, yeah. much, how much effort am I going to need to put into this um, to get to where I need to go now? And that is yeah. something you, your, your brain doesn't like. It doesn't like yeah. change. Yeah. Um so it's going to want to keep you in that comfort zone and try and, and I mean it, it obviously wants you to move forward in life yes but yeah it's it just doesn't like that change yeah and rejects anything that's not comfortable yeah. for you i guess. yeah
1: and that's that concept of that so for me that busy bee mind thing is is uh, in terms of the topic is, is something that it it really is I wouldn't say your brain getting in the way, right? Because I know we've said that, but I would say your brain is trying to analyze all those things. And what you want to do is not switch off the busy bee mind, but learn how to attune it into the direction that you want it to. So it's all about, it's not always about goal setting, but it's also about driving yourself in the positive direction that you want to go in. There's so many different things that people like. Some people like art, some people like gaming. Some people just like watching shows on TV. Fine, sure, right? But ensure that all of those things that you want to do are catered for in your life. And if you want to watch TV for the rest of your life, fine. But understand that you're forgiving all these other things that you'd want to pursue in your life. And if you're okay with that, then that's fine. But if you have all these things that you want to do in your life, make time for them, attribute positive goals to them, and then target it. And your busy-be mind can keep going in the background, but as long as you focused on the Aspects that you want to do. it's Perfect. Oh,
0: cool. Um, so I think you you also mentioned in the beginning that uh, there's there's you you also want to calm your mind and you want to mm. bring down that mind's chatter. Mm. Um, and I think there's various methods you can do that. I guess like some of them is, for example, meditation, where you kind of mm. learn to sit with yourself. Mm. Um, and. I don't know yoga, meditation, uh, just some of the methods mm. that that people can use, um, and it's big right now, right? Um, these the, the, you know, everyone kind of talks about these things, um, mm-hmm. these these Eastern um, methodologies of of um, getting in touch again with, I guess, with your inner self or your inner mind. Mm-hmm. So, what do you think about what do you think about using, for example, meditation as a tool to? Um, calm your mind's chatter, calm your internal conversation, or just get in more tune with yourself?
1: Okay. Um, Look, meditation, it helps, right? Meditation, if done correctly with guidance, I'm not saying you need guidance, but the purpose of meditation is to, for me, um, create a, a sense of oneness with yourself. Create, as you said, um, spending time that time with yourself to to uh, calm your your entire um, body mind uh, and soul. Um, personally, I've used meditation, but also personally, I find that meditation sort of um, distracts me from doing the activities that I want to do. And meditation works well if you have a lot of mental chatter want to learn how to control that mental chatter or at least silence that mental chatter for brief periods of time right and the more you do it right the better it becomes for yourself right the better your life becomes because there's a lot of studies done on meditation and they actually show that you improve your heart rate your breathing your um your keenness your perceptiveness your mental acuity um the reason why it works so well is because you learn how to quieten that mental side of yourself. Um, and it works well if you, if you know that that's what you want. Right. And I think it's very, very important that a lot of people do meditation, especially, I think there's a lot of places where they're actually teaching children from a very young age to learn how to do meditation. Right. Very good. There's absolutely nothing wrong with it. There's only positives to gain from meditation from what I have seen, right? I and mean, I think it's 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 a very important tool if you want to learn how to quieten the mind, right? But for me, I found that if you learn how to work with, right, and use the tool that you have, right? Maybe it's sort of a thing where I found that meditation works well to a point where I've actually learned how to work well with my mind, right, and that's what meditation has taught me. I found that then, it actually allows you to progress further on a daily basis because you're using your mind now as a tool to progress you forward, right? And the only way you get to that stage is where you learn how to sort of control that ebb and flow between your brain and your heart and your brain and your gut. And that, I think, is what meditation helps with. I think it's very important that if people... Are struggling a lot with that whole mental chatter and you struggle to sleep because your mind races at three million miles an hour before you go to sleep, but during the day it's completely dead. Um, there's a lot of people out there that uh have that issue. They struggle to sleep because their mind is thinking about a million things. Meditation really does help. Um, it does because it allows you to quiet and control your mind. But I'm not saying it's a cure-all, I'm saying it helps you teach yourself how to control your mind. Um, in a certain way and meditation should not be used for short periods of time meditation should be used consistently for short periods of time because it's one of those things that you only get a good grip of meditation the longer you do it um the first three days it's going to be a struggle your mind is just going to keep going and going and going and you're going to find it a problem but the longer you do meditation um for more periods of time the better the results are, from what I found personally. And then you get to a stage where you're comfortable with being in a meditative state. And when that happens, then you find that you and your mind start tuning into, into being a comfortable person and focusing on being calm during your day consistently. And I think that's why I, I like meditation, but I don't do it all the time personally, because sometimes I find that um, I don't necessarily need it all the time. Um, that's just me. Um, but not everybody. Some people enjoy meditation. I think that uh, I don't know if the Dalai Lama said it or somebody said it that if you have five minutes to meditate, that's fine. But if you feel like you don't have five minutes to meditate, then you should meditate for an hour. Um, it's (laughs) it's all about understanding that that (laughs) that uh, that what it's it's a control it's a control mechanism or control tool just like your mind is a tool, it, it, it allows you and helps you teach you how to control it. I think it, that's the best way I can put it, from what I found personally.
0: No, I mean, like, it's it's one method to, I guess, calm yourself down, right? I mean, yeah. there's, there's reading, for example. Reading yes. is also a very uh, low-energy low type of uh, task that you can kind of do just to, at the end of the day, bring yourself down from um, whatever you've whatever you experience for that day right um, less like and that's something i do i guess uh, on a daily basis um read just before you know i go down to to bed um, just as a way to like i mentioned just to after a long day just to yeah. free my mind i guess uh yeah i think yeah
1: i think we should clarify um meditation isn't you sitting there quietly um no, necessarily no. right no, yeah, there's, there's different time. forms of meditation right I'm not saying meditation needs to be you sitting there quietly watching all your thoughts, right? That is a way of meditation. That is one aspect of meditation, right? There's different forms of meditation. Meditation can be reading, right? As as Yash says. Meditation can be gyming, right? Meditation can be running, right? Meditation can be an activity that you find that removes the mental aspect and the mental side of yourself from from um counteracting everything that you want to do so let me put it the best way i can think of an activity that you do right on a daily basis whatever that activity is even if it's for five minutes right that removes your brain from actively thinking about what it is that you're doing and you find pure enjoyment from that specific activity for me personally it used to be puzzles whenever i did a puzzle and i was listening to music while i was doing a puzzle right I wouldn't care how long it took me and how long I was doing it for because I'd lose track of time sometimes. I'd be going for an hour doing a puzzle, right? And then I'd look up and I'd be like, oh shit, an hour has gone by, you know? Um, That there for me is what I call meditation. Meditation doesn't have to specifically mean me sitting there quietly, breathing in and out, listening to Aum songs, right? Um, Because that for me is not meditation. That for me is me trying to sit with my mind and trying to actively tell it to be quiet. That's not, I'm not trying to control a child, right? My mind literally runs at like a million miles an hour every day, most of the time, right? But when you learn how to work with it and you learn the activities within your personal life that allow you to quieten your mind, right? That is what I call meditation. So uh, I think clarifying that makes it different because some people, for them, no, listen, TV is not meditation. Okay, that is something I should really, really clarify. Right. I mean,
0: like the TV, Instagram,
1: yeah. Facebook, yeah. Yeah. I
0: mean, yes. that's not that's yes. Really
1: TV meditation. Actually, yeah. TV is actually it's a lack of... time. Yeah. So when you watch TV, what you're doing is you're not actually watching the TV and then mentally tuning out. What you're doing is you're watching the TV and comparing yourself to the TV. Or joining in on what's happening on the TV if it's a sport. It's a stimulus of the brain at
0: that yes, point. Yes,
1: it, it's a stimulus of the brain. It's not a deactivation, right? So doing an activity that you find completely pleasurable, right, that doesn't involve you comparing yourself, stimulating your brain actively all the time, right? Um, reading is an aspect of that. There are aspects of where you naturally stimulate your brain while reading, right, but also there's activities within each thing, and I wouldn't say TV. TV is actually probably counteractive to meditation, right? Mm -hmm. But because invariably people watch TV is because they want to escape from their current reality, right? Mm -hmm. And they want to, or they want to compare what they have to other people. So some people watch reality shows. Some people watch sport because they want to actively join in. Some people watch, Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, Mnet, Mnet TV. Okay, we have Mnet in South Africa, but... um, Pay per view TV. Yeah, pay per view TV. TV. Some people have, some people watch comedy shows because they need an escape from the current aspect of their lives. So I'm not saying TV is bad. Everybody can watch TV. TV is not a problem, right? But don't use TV as meditation, right? Because for me, actively engaging in meditation is doing something that you completely enjoy and passionate about, right? But where your brain is actually in tune with what it is that you're doing and doesn't need to actively negatively work against you right and that is what i see as meditation and i think there's there's a there's a thing that alan watts said and i think it's sort of really appropriate yeah he says i had a discussion with a great master in japan and we were talking about the various people who are working to translate zen books into english and he said that's actually a waste of time if you really understand zen you can use any book you can use the bible you can use alice in wonderland you can use the dictionary because The sound of rain needs no translation. So that's what Alan Watts said. And to me, that's sort of really appropriate because when you understand, for me, what meditation is, you can literally apply it 24 hours in your day, right? But by actively doing things that put you in a meditative state, right? And for me, that doesn't mean you have to quieten your mind, but it means you're working in conjunction with your mind and your mind working forward. And that is what I feel personally as, a meditative state or even uh, a meditative state to that that hyperflexes to awareness and I think that is something that that I would see as meditation personally um, so I just want to clarify that
0: no I think that's a very um, you know expansive uh, definition of meditation yeah you know honestly and as you mentioned it's very personal to everyone else and I think everyone's traditional idea of you sitting folded like you mentioned <laughs> you, get, yeah. you know Folded, folded legs, whatever, uh, hands on knees and chanting, yeah. whatever it is that you're chanting, listening yeah. to this uh, background music of like whales or even dolphins or mm. sea mm. crashing, waves of the sea crashing. Um, that yeah. traditional sense um, isn't the sense that we use. Uh, like, like we yeah. give two very different examples of um, what is Zen for us or what is calming for us. Like mm. I give my example of reading, then there's gymming, there's, there's puzzles that you choose for your... Mm um you know zen moments yeah. like honestly it's you, you mentioned something very very good there which is it's personal to everyone Yeah.
1: um
0: and it's it's just that that personal something is going to get you to that state where you are in tune with your mind again
1: yeah.
0: and and you say it's very very important and i agree that it is very important for people to figure out what that is just so they can um i mean people use tv as an ex- escape right mm-hmm. but you can also use um, I wouldn't say escape using meditation as an escape. I would say using it as a um, more focusing tool yeah, during that, that. Just just yeah. focusing yourself during that time. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, I know I li- like I like those comments, and I think what you mentioned is is quite true.
1: Mm. Because the, uh, there's a lot of aspects about focus, and that word is very important because focus allows you to um, activate your 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 mind in performing tasks that you want to perform and focus is it's the focus is the brother of flow for me um and if you listen to like Csikszentmihalyi and stuff he'll tell you that you'll see that flow is something where flow for me is something where you're in active meditation um and that's how I see it uh when I when I talk about flow I mean like Remember the thing that you really enjoyed doing, or the thing that you did while you were working that actually you didn't feel like it was work, right? Or when you were running, you didn't feel like you were running because you actually enjoyed it. When you're in that zone where you're just completely oblivious to stuff around you and are doing only the thing that you are passionate about or enjoying or in the zone about um, or in the zone of doing, that for me is where you get the most productivity and efficiency right out of yourself and that for me is flow you will have more productivity and efficiency in a state of flow than you'll ever have in a state of uphill of something that you don't like doing right and that is for me the brother of focus because focus means that I need to actively be focusing on something and I get distracted but if I'm in flow then I don't get distracted and I keep focusing on the passion right or, or the drive or the goal or the activity. Right. And focus, when you say focus, is so important because there's a lot of stuff in our lives that we necessarily don't enjoy doing. Um, And there are times in our life where we're not always going to be in flow. Right. And meditation helps with that because meditation puts you in a state of calmness. Right. And it puts you in a state of natural um, activity. And that always helps focus. So the more I found, the more I find myself in meditative scenarios, when I'm not in meditative scenarios, I'm relaxed enough to be focused. And I think that has helped me quite a lot because previously it was always this difficult uphill battle of I need to just do this activity for a little while, for 45 minutes, then I can take a break. And then I need to do another 45 minutes, then I can take a break for five minutes. right? And I found that if I get into a situation of flow more often doing things that are, I'm passionate about or even finding aspects about the stuff that I'm doing that, that's intriguing and interesting, I do those things very quickly, but the more I am in flow in consistent periods of my life, the calmer those other aspects of my life are, and the more I'm focused overall throughout my day. Um, I don't know if that makes sense to you, but focus is such a it's such an important thing for me when it is when you're doing stuff that you don't like doing because you can get easily distracted and you can procrastinate. But creating focus also comes from the intermediary periods when you don't need to focus. And I think that's important. The calmness that you instill within yourself on a consistent basis allows you to operate better when you need to focus.
0: Definitely. I honestly 100% agree with that. I mean, your brain is, is always trying to break you from this focus. In an yeah. untrained mind scenario, your, your brain is always trying to move you away to doing something else um, that it sees as more pleasurable. I mean, yeah. for, for me, if, if, if back... When I guess when I was in school, um, I was hellishly unfocused. Um, yeah, like my mind would always want me to not study um, and perhaps just go watch TV and and, and to do something that yeah. to my brain perceived watching TV as more pleasurable rather than um, you know me studying um, for a particular test or exam or something like that. Whereas if I actually had that mental mental mindset and a mental focus, um, then the outcome of, of me studying or me having that focus and not breaking it to, to do something else, um, was that perhaps I'd have done better tests, you know, it's, it's linking, it goes back to what we said earlier, where we had to link, um, like good results to, or pleasurable results to, to something that we're doing. You know, it's, it's, your, your brain sometimes is your frenemy in, in these kind of cases. in one case, you you want to focus it, and you want to you know do something that's going to move you forward, and in the other instance it can be your, your your worst enemy, where it says, "Oh no, don't don't do that. You've been doing that for so long now. Let's go take a break. Let's go let's go scroll your your you know your Insta timeline or something like that. Yeah yeah. Um, Whatever counts it, timeline. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's those there's those um, tests that they they performed where they said, um, in in some in some instances. When people who are addicted to social media, um, their brain actually releases serotonin, which is like the good, um, the good chemical in your body. Mm-hmm. When you, you know, when it does something pleasurable, and mm-hmm. for people who are like addicted to to, to things like that, it releases yeah. that chemical for them. Yeah. So it's a chemical reaction within yourself, but it's it's just you have to train yourself then to to see other things as pleasurable, so you release that, so you have that same serotonin effect. Um, and, you know, that whole self-release and the whole self um, feel good, you know, in a feel-good aspect.
1: of it. Yeah. But that that's, I think that's where the difficult part comes in for a lot of people. And I've struggled with it myself. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that I want to do that I'm like, oh, do I really have to do this? And sometimes it's always this battle. But you need to, the reason why you're doing something is because you want to do it, right? And you need to find the reason why you're doing it. Um, and Whatever that reason is, you need to use that as your pure signpost essentially, or your your end goal post. And you need to consistently keep affirming that thing. Um, yes. until it changes, right? Until the situation changes. That is your driver. And you kinda have to you see the problem is sometimes people can't get over the fact that they need to actually get towards that point, right? And that is where motivation and um ability to motivate yourself comes in and for me motivation was never uh, um, strong enough Um, and i think that's where a lot of people fall down motivation just isn't strong enough and that is why i think earlier i said you need to create that habit and
0: so i mean if people don't have motivation then they have to create habit right yeah yeah Um, because you know i I love that you said reasons come first um, because if you have a very strong enough reason yeah. There's, there's no way that you're not going to do something I know that's a double negative there, I apologize yeah. <laughs> but you, you are definitely going to do something if your reason is, is, is strong enough and your will is strong enough and your brain is going to be like hey brain, this is very painful for me right now, this is my reason for doing this, please help yeah. me get out of the situation, I yeah. want you to focus on only getting me out of the situation because your brain's a solution provider, right it's yeah. one plus one it knows the answer too i hope I hope everyone knows that answer is too uh, yeah. yes um, so like your brain is that solution provider, and if you ask it a question, it's going to give you an answer hmm. um and if you say you know you link that to your very strong reason you you tell your brain, um, okay, actually you ask your brain, hey brain, this is my situation how can i how can you actually get me out of this? You are going to move naturally in that direction and, and hmm.
1: yeah yeah, that's essentially your you need to create that signpost and create that motivation for yourself and you need to ask yourself as a person well what what it is that you want and what are you after yeah what are you after and there's a lot of people that are in shitty situations and they're like oh I hate my job and I need to make more money but if you don't actively get up and go and do something you're always going to be saying that thing you know but why not create a habit of even... You, an hour. Your yeah.
0: internal conversation is always going to be that. You know, yeah. uh, whatever, I still hate my job. Yeah. When when you're not, you're not asking your brain the right questions or you're not asking yourself okay. you know, the right questions.
1: Yeah. What can I do to get out of this job? Question one. If the answer is nothing, and I'm always going to be working here, which in most cases isn't the case, but say, for example, it really is. Like, let's take the worst case scenario. I can't leave this job because I don't have anything... Like a degree that's gonna get me out of this job, and this job is the only thing that's earning me money. I don't have any other qualifications, and the job is a is the only form of income that I have, and nobody else is willing to interview me or even take my application, right? What is it, can I, what is it that I can do in my spare hours, right, in my day, to get where I want to get to? Right. I mean,
0: they say your nine to five pays your bills, and yeah. you're, you're like your five to twelve or your five to two. Pays for your dreams,
1: exactly. Right now, there's people that also work nine to five and then from five to two. Right, they work two jobs. Right? Yes, it's and the reality people... now in this it, corona it, times, actually, it, yes, it's it's a reality. It was even a reality before COVID. Right, but what you need to do is start asking yourself: What are the things that I am good at? Right. What are the things that I can do to improve my scenario? Right, and in all your skills, right lies an answer you can sell any skill that you have other than hurting people because that's not a good skill um but you can sell any other skill that you have in some way or another you just need to ask yourself the right question and find the right avenue to do that and you you can do it you just need to one remove motivation from the co- from the from the equation because motivation for me is literally like it's literally like a by-the-way thing. You only need motivation when um, you're, you haven't formed a habit for me. Um, once you form a habit, you don't need motivation no more. So motivation is the precursor to habit, essentially. But you can do anything that you want to do, right? And I've done it, right? I'm happy with my life as it is now, and I'm changing a lot of stuff, and I'm growing and all of those things. But that's personal growth, and I do that for myself. But... You can do anything that you want to do. You just need to ask yourself, one, the right questions. And the more questions you ask, at some point, you'll stumble across the right question. It's inevitable. Two, you need to actually go create a signpost or create a goalpost and then just target that every single day, even if it's for five to 10 minutes a day. You'll find naturally that you gravitate towards those things.
0: Definitely. I mean, even you know what you mentioned there, the last bit is, is also just creating another habit for yourself. You know, your brain is going to get used to you asking the right questions that it, it's going to start reacting now and it's going to start building um, internal patterns to only think about uh, the right stuff and not the wrong yeah. stuff yeah. thereafter. And, it's, and it's, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be consistently training this brain and it's going to be your super engine by the end of, I guess, this you know, particular periods in your life. Um, and, and always you, you kind of need to start small. Um, for example, I'll give you an example. Like I wanted to extend the hours, uh, you know, of my work day, you know, um, in my personal life, I guess, my personal work day. Okay. And I started small, um, and I said to myself, like, I, I was not a very late sleeper. I was an early sleeper and, um, I just told my brain, okay, we need to do this because the end result is going to be something big. Um, and then slowly it was a gradual process. It didn't happen the next day. Of course not. Oh, um, it was a gradual process, and every time uh, I realized that, you know, every time I felt like I was uh, getting tired or getting demotivated, my brain would kick in and say, "Wait, this was the goal. This is what we're aiming forward toward," mm-hmm. and it just pushed me to you know to a new level every single time. Mm-hmm. So it, it was it was still slow progress, but it was still progress regardless. Mm-hmm. You know, inches toward that particular destination.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that's the thing. See, what you did there was create this habit. So you've actually started creating a habit of your brain reminding you when you get lazy that this is what I need to do, right? Yes. And I, I think because you geared yourself that way, it helps you. But you geared that, you geared yourself that way after through how many trials and tribulations have you been through to gear yourself that way, many. right? Right, many. many. And that's that's the thing though. I mean, you've had two gear your brain that way and not every i mean there's a lot of people out there that haven't geared their brain that way right so how do they get to that stage and i think that is something that a lot of people will ask and for me it's by actively pursuing the things that you personally want for yourself um and that for me is the most important thing so motivation is important in the beginning right so don't don't just believe me and say motivation is a waste of time Motivation is important at the beginning, but when you've created habits within yourself that actively keep you pursuant in the things that you want to do, then you're at a stage where I, uh, I'm i happy to, even if I fail once, it's fine because I know that the next time my brain's going to be like, no, just keep going, just keep going, just keep going. But you've yeah. created that 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 thing within yourself that says, this is the goal, this is the goal, this is the goal. What is the goal? That's the target. That's what I'm going for. Right? 100%, and percent that. Yes that's what you need to do for yourself. Um, but those are for people that have those motivation issues. Remember, there's a lot of people out there that don't think and they just go and do because that is how they're wired, you know? Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think you so, sometimes in, in yeah. terms
0: of, in terms of motivation and stuff, we, we also don't mean um, like the happy, clappy motivation stuff. Hey, but that's one part of it. But happy, clappy, I mean, you know that those, yeah. those really crazy motivational videos out there that um, like get you to, for example, the introvert watching a motivational video is probably a nightmare to them yeah. <laughs> to get them to do things that they really don't want to do, like clap their hands out loud or, or, or sing a yeah. song or something like that. So you know, yeah. motivation, you need to find the right motivation for yourself. It's individual based mm-hmm. as well. It's not mm-hmm. going to be a blanket solution. Yeah. So motivational videos might work for some people. It might not work for others.
1: Hmm. Well, in, introverts and personal. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. So
0: I, I remember I was at a seminar once, um, an actual uh, a motivational seminar, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of introverts in that crowd. Like yeah. One of the things asked, um, we had to get off uh, our, our chairs, stand mm-hmm. behind someone, and give them a shoulder massage. And, and people were cringing out of their minds, you know. Um, mm. But that's, that's just to obviously break, com- break, a, break the ice or break a comfort zone yeah. um, that's attached to your brain, I guess, in, in, in any instance. Mm-hmm. It's trying to break that pattern in your brain. Um, which brings me kind of to, to, to my next question. Um, the patterns that we create for ourselves um, often, often leads us, you know, down, I guess, bad decision paths. Um, so these patterns, how do we then, um, rewire them or, or relearn something? Um, I think maybe we touched on it by doing, by choosing goals and stuff like that. But, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, how do we go about then rewiring certain of these, certain, certain patterns and certain situations in our mind?
1: Yeah, so rewiring is probably one of the difficult ones um, because, you know, you've instilled yourself in such a in such a manner that um, it's comfortable for you to do something, right? Using food as an example, you know, after every meal, a lot of people need something sweet, right? So they go and get some sugar or they go and get chocolate or they go and get some ice cream or whatever it is, right? And that is essentially one of those things that you form this bad habits, right? What you first need to do is look at what it is that your targets are and say what are the things that are impeding me from these targets right and invariably you'll come up with five or six different things that you're doing that are um stopping you from reaching that target so let's use the weight as an example because weight's a common one it's like half the world is opportunity right? right so if you find that you want to lose weight? What are the ten things that I'm doing during the day that's stopping me from doing so? Every time I finish a meal, I only to have something sweet. I don't eat at correct times. I forget to eat breakfast because you know everyone says breakfast is the most important meal of the day. Um, um, when I eat, I I eat a lot of pasta. I eat a lot of um, carbs and stuff, but I don't eat enough protein and I don't eat enough veggies. You know, so. These are different things that you can automatically target as things that are impeding you. And you've wired your brain and you've wired your body to these habits that you keep forming. Breaking habits is very important, but you don't break a habit. You form a new one. Remember, for anything that you do and you form the habit of, it's essentially you've created an addiction for your body, right? Your body is addicted to having chocolate after your meal, right? So you'll finish your meal because you want to have the chocolate, right? So you've created an addiction. It's like smoking, right? Um, it's a habit, right? And it's an addictive habit, but in most cases, most things are addictive, right? Uh, and habit, or most habits are formed from things that are addictive. Um, so what you want to do is you want to actually not break one habit, but replace that habit with another habit, right? And that is rewiring it, in its essence. You cannot break a habit and then fu- you'll find invariably that you replace it with another. But if you actively replace it with one that, sh- that forwards your goal, you will, one, remove a bad habit and then replace it with the right one. You can always remove a habit and replace it with another wrong one. But what you should do is look at the habit, look at the goal that you want and try and replace all the things that are impeding that goal with habits that will forward that goal, right? So you can do a list, basically, if you want, of I want to lose weight, right? And on the left hand side have all the things. If you're right, if you're left handed, put it on the right hand side. Um, on the on on the side, on one side you have a column that says, um, "These are the things that are stopping me," right? And then on the right hand side, or on the left hand side, depending on which hand you are. Um, and there's a reason why I say this whole hand thing personally, I have a feeling about it, but I don't know if it's ever been scientifically proven or studied, but anyway, um, <laughs> right. But is it, is
0: it something to do with like visibility, um, or your dominant side or your dominant yeah, or something it, like
1: that? Yeah. So something for me, like so for me, it's always a thing of, I stick to my more dominance, right? Right. So if you're left-handed, put all the good things on the left-hand side. If you're right-handed, put all the good things on the right-hand side. Right. Um, People always say put the pros first and the cons because you read from left to right. So you'll see all the pros first and the cons after. But for me, it's always about personal dominance. Right. And you want to have personal dominance in that scenario. So if you're left-handed, put all the good things on the left-hand side. If you're right-handed, put all the… Good things on the right hand side. I'm not saying this is a mental trick or anything like that. I just personally feel that way. And it's something that I just I like, right? I mean something that's um, worked for you.
0: Yeah. I mean, honestly, maybe it can work for someone else as well.
1: Yeah, hey, you don't know. Um, but yeah, so what you do is say you write down six things that are stopping you from achieving your goal and six habits that you found that you want to rewire, right? Because naturally you'll know what your habits are, right? And if you do some research about what it is that you're doing, you'll figure out these are the things that I'm doing wrong, right? Um, Because if you Google 10 things that I'm doing wrong and picking up weight or gaining weight or 10 things that are stopping me from losing weight, there'll be a list of 10 things. There'll even be a list of 20 things, but whatever. You look at the list of 10 things and you write them down. Now, for every habit that you have, put a counteractive habit that's going to actually take you forward towards your goal as a replacement so if you have for example i eat chocolate after dinner right on the that's on the con side or essentially of the bad habit side on the good habit side right i am going to actively ensure that my diet is correctly balanced so that i don't need sugars after my food people have sugar after their food not because they're addicted to it but because their body is craving it if you have a good enough meal that has enough sugars in it, you won't need something sweet afterwards.
0: I mean, your last line was actually very, very direct there. hey? Um, like making sure my meal is balanced so that yeah. this, 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 this. Yeah, it was very, very t- direct. It was very, yeah. very um, you know, instructive. So your brain can understand that, wait, this is the direction I'm going in and this is what I need to do.
1: Yeah. But remember that's, that's you asking yourself the right question and having the right answer to that question. Right? You can't say, I'm going to stop eating chocolate after my meal because no. that doesn't work. Right? No, you no, need no. to replace no. a bad habit with a good habit. How do you replace the bad habit with a good habit? It's not the opposite. It's not a pro and it's a con. It's a bad habit being changed into a good habit. And you don't, habits are not opposite to each other. One habit can be completely, the opposite, completely different from another. How do I stop myself from smoking? It's not I stop myself from smoking. It's I actively pursue another habit that, can be replaced, that can replace smoking cigarettes. For me personally, it was um, when I quit smoking, right, was I replaced the activity of smoking with either eating a healthy fruit or um, spend my five or 10 minutes. I actually, when I first started doing it, every time I wanted to smoke a cigarette, I actually spent five minutes on social media, right, Um, because it would distract me from having to go outside. Right. And then slowly on, later on, later on, I developed it into something where I personally just don't need to go to smoke because I feel like um, that habit would actually worsen my current state mentally and physically Then it would enhance. So I've replaced a bad habit of I need to go smoke a cigarette with I actually feel healthy when I don't smoke.
0: You've linked you've linked in your mind then, uh, as as we've mentioned before, positivity uh, to something new and yes, something yeah, you replace yeah. it with something that, that in your mind now is is more pleasurable than what the cigarette did bring to you in those in those moments.
1: So that's the thing. It's not about pleasure, uh, and I can tell you now, if I smoked a cigarette, I'd be, feel more pleasure than if I sat on social media and whether I felt healthy or not. I realized that the negative aspects of smoking were out were always outweighed by the positive aspects of me not smoking. So remember that an addiction is always more pleasurable. It's not about pleasure. It's about understanding what your bad habits are and then replacing them with good habits. Right? Yeah, yeah. And you'll find enjoyment. From it. Because remember, people that like drinking, like smoking, okay, these are addictions, right? Obviously, there's other things that you, bad habits that you want to place that not are necessarily not addiction, right? But for me, replacing an addiction means you have to understand that that addiction is negatively impacting your, your life and you need to learn how to replace that with a positive impact right because mm-hmm. pleasure is always going to be assumed by the addiction it will that addiction will always outweigh in terms of pleasure of anything else that you want to do that's why we're addicted to something.
0: That's true. I mean, that's the way the brain is kind of wired to, yeah. Yeah. to operate, you know.
1: Yeah. No, no, it's literally sense pleasure. It's literally yes. sense pleasure. My, yeah. my senses are more pleasured by me smoking than doing anything else, right? <laughs> you can literally tell me that you'll give me a thousand rand every time I don't smoke a cigarette. If I'm addicted to cigarettes, I will be like, beep you, I would rather smoke, right? <laughs> because at the end of the day, right, it's that addiction. But if you learn that addiction can be replaced, if you understand what it's doing to you on a negative side and replace that with a positive affect and attitude, you'll find that over time, that negative addiction goes away. Mm-hmm. I, I would just like to note that there are a lot of people that are affected by addictions but can't change those problems. Um, and that for me is more of not a habit but it's more of a psychosis, right? And you have to, a lot of what we're saying is for people that actively want and meaningfully want to change things within their lives. There's a lot of people that don't. They'll say that they want to, but they don't. You have to make that decision within yourself to do the things that you want to do. Because as much as we can say, this is the way way you do something and this is the way you don't do something, or from our experience, obviously, you have to actively want to make that decision and you only have yourself to hold yourself accountable. Right? If you don't meet what you want to meet, you cannot blame anybody else other than yourself. Even if somebody impeded you at every step and it wasn't your fault, there is another way that you can reach your goal without anybody stopping you. Right? Um assuming you're doing good things. You're not trying to kill people because then you should just end up in jail. But Understand that if you want to do something, nobody can stop you if you are driven and motivated to do the things that you want to do. Um, you just have to set your mind to it. When we say set your mind, yes, it's <laughs> there's a lot of things that go with it, but um, you have to actively want to pursue the things that you want to do. And even if it's for five minutes a day, that increases, add, do it in something for five minutes for one week every day, and then add five minutes the next week, and then add five minutes the next week. Sooner or later... Two months down the line, you'll be sitting on an hour and a half a day or whatever it is. Uh, My math is bad. But you'll be sitting at longer and longer periods. And you'll find that progressively you finish stuff quickly.
0: So basically then you're self-aware of what's happening before. Um, So how does this self-awareness then tie into um, the rest of it?
1: Self-awareness is something that you have to actively engage in. And there's a lot of stuff behind it. But say, for example, let me give you a good example, right? Um, I am a person, right? I am a soul, I have a body. But imagine you were dictating to yourself, right? Everything that you were doing. So, how do you, you, if you had to view yourself as in a working day, say, for example, you were in a meeting or you were going to train, right? At the gym or you are going to go grocery shopping, right? Your self-awareness would be, Yash, look at this guy, Yash. He is now in his car and he's driving towards the, to the grocery store, right? Look at this guy, Yash. He's pushing a trolley to the cereal aisle, right? You are aware of what it is that you're doing and you are aware of everything around you, right? Most people mechanically do these things, right? Mechanically drive to the store, mechanically get the groceries mechanically and in their mind it's like okay i'm going to look for the cucumbers let's go see the cucumbers okay yeah see five cucumbers which one's the best right but awareness is i am looking at five cucumbers this guy called prashant is looking at five cucumbers he is picking the best one so actively there's mechanical movement and then there's awareness movement right and this is the way i see it right there's a lot of people that say different things and there's a lot of stuff that people view as awareness as different things but for me it's viewing yourself and doing the activities and being aware of the activity that you're doing, right? Whether you're doing it incorrectly, whether you're doing it correctly, whether you're doing it efficiently, whether you're doing it inefficiently. Understand that, that awareness is you viewing yourself doing something and then being aware that you're doing that specifically. Right? That is for me, in essence, self-awareness. I am aware that I'm doing these things and I am aware that I'm uh, these are the activities and these are the things that I'm doing. And all of a sudden you start viewing yourself differently because now what you're essentially doing is you're removing ego from the scenario, right? The minute you view yourself doing something else, when someone is trying to actually affect you, say, for example, someone is swearing you or someone is being emotionally affected towards you or physically affected towards you. If you're self-aware, you'll look at the body and say, this guy personally is affecting me from an emotional standpoint or a physical standpoint, but is it affecting my soul? I am aware that I am a soul. He's affecting my body, right? Yes, personally, it's hurting. Right. But understand that it's hurting your ego, right? From an emotional point of view. If it's physical, yes, it's physical, right? But he's hurting my body. Right. When you become self-aware, when you start actively pursuing self-awareness, you start removing things like the eye of the ego. And when you start doing that, you find that you're naturally calmer. Because if someone is trying to affect your ego, you can choose to let it affect you, or you can choose not to let it affect you. And that's where your strengths come in. Because now if someone is trying to emotionally affect you, You'll just be like, okay, he's affecting Prashant's ego, or he's affecting Yashvir's ego, but does Yashvir really care about what he's saying? You know? And that's where strength can come in, because now you're not so worried about what other people's opinions are. You're self aware of all the activities that you're doing, and now you become so much stronger, if you use the tools correctly, obviously, right? You become so much stronger, because now you only focus on what Yashvir or what you want and you want Yashvir to achieve, right? And that I think is so important. So having self-awareness does give you a lot of strength, but also having self-awareness needs to come in part and parcel with practice. You need to understand that these are the things that are going to affect you. And with our religion, necessarily we look at it as I'm a recurring life, right? I'm reincarnation all the time. So my one body is going to actively go through all of these challenges. And then it's going to perish and I'm going to get a new one until I progress on to further stages of life. But when you have self-awareness and you understand this, right, you're not going to remember what's happening in the next life. But when you remove ego from the scenario, it allows you to, personally I feel, operate more efficiently because all the distractions, all of the things that are affecting you are removed. And that, I found, allows me to activate um, a higher level of efficiency in doing what I want to do personally and doing what I see as prashant wants to achieve personally, right? I'm not saying you'll become this amazing person. I'm not saying that you'll be um, super efficient at what you're doing. I'm saying it helps you gather who you are and also control things that are not normally within within your control because sometimes people snap and sometimes people get angry. But if you look at the scenario for what it is and see what is affecting you and what should affect you and control what shouldn't be affecting you, you will be a lot happier. And I think that, for me, is what the strength of self-awareness brings.
0: Well, um, that concludes another episode of The Bro Code. Um, We hope you picked up something that you can use to move yourself forward. And as always, have a powerful day. Catch you next time. Bye for now.